What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And this week it is episode 132. And uh, and we're talking a good game because last week we... Uh, Ugh, we went slumming. We we talked Shaq Fu and occasionally requested absolute abomination of a game. So this week, we're going to fix that. We're going with another game that's been requested by you, the Hot Dogs. This game was actually requested so much that it snuck its way onto our Patreon poll and edged out a victory after several recounts, a lawsuit, and some rather unpleasant events that I'd rather not rehash today. It is the incomparable... River City Ransom for the Nintendo Entertainment System. My uh, my longtime pal Chris makes his triumphant return to the show this week, and we had a nice little chat about beating up bad guys until they barf while you buy fighting manuals and take steams with old men in uh, River City Ransom. And I'm going to let you listen to that in just a few minutes, because uh, speaking of taking a steam with old men, it is time for the Remember the Game infamous intro, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. Uh, and please remember... As is the case every single week, I listen to my own fucking show after it's done just to track down timestamps. I hate listening to my own show, but I listen to parts of it at least just to track down the timestamps for all the yous. So if you just want to hear River City Ransom talk, or you just want to hear Play One, Remake One, Erase One talk, or you're some freak who only listens to the show to find out what I've been playing every week, uh, check the description box in the po- uh, below in the podcast service of your choice or wherever you're watching this, and it'll tell you precisely what time to skip to to only hear the segments that you want. I did all the legwork for you. We actually haven't gotten a bad review in a long time, period, but we went through a phase where we got literally, I think it was like two, bad reviews about uh, people complaining about the length of the intro, which is why we started calling it the infamous intro. So I think me doing the legwork and finding the timestamps for everybody is working. It's either that or I ripped on the people leaving those bad reviews so much that nobody else wants to get caught in my lazy-eyed crosshairs and get screamed at. Either way, it's good stuff. We're not getting bad reviews anymore. We actually haven't gotten a review period in like a month. So like, I, I mean, I don't even know if they matter, but if you're sitting on the toilet and you're bored, like, yeah, drop a five-star, give us a review. You, you, dude, you can say five stars and then just be like, this podcast sucks. I'm just giving him five stars because he seems like he's a little down on his luck. I'll fucking take that. But I don't know. I don't know if reviews help us or not. But if you like the show, leave us a review. Maybe it'll do something good for us. Um, I'd like to kick this week's off uh, show off, the infamous intro off, with a little bit of a celebration, as it were. Well, this calls for a celebration. <laughs> I will. We cracked uh, the thousand downloads in 24 hours mark last week on Wednesday. Actually, the day we dropped Shaq Fu, we hit the thousand downloads mark in one day, which shattered our old record for one day downloads by about 100. So uh, that was awesome. Thank you so, so much. We used to, dude, it's wild. We used to put up a thousand downloads a month. And now to get a thousand downloads in a day, that's fucking crazy to me. So uh, this little weed of ours just continues to grow and it's because all of you keep watering it. So thank you all so much for watering this little weed of a show of ours. And of course, 
ginormous thank you to everyone that's checked out my gaming news podcast game patch as well uh if you haven't listened to it yet seriously like i just give it a try give it one week it's free it's all the biggest nintendo playstation xbox and general gaming news it's an hour or so long every week it's covered in a thick rich creamery layer of my inability to pronounce big words and profanity i mix my opinions on the stories in with it and it's a lot of fun i, I also drop sales recommendations every week for all the games that are on sale on each console and i talk about some of the biggest releases that are coming out each week as well so new episodes of that go live every single monday morning on all podcast services or here's your plug support us on patreon and you'll get it on friday morning instead it's it's legitimately probably the best way to kick your weekend off maybe in the history of humanity it's like do you remember the feeling you'd get on the last day of school when you were a kid before summer vacation that's what i'll do to you every friday morning if you just support us on patreon and download game patch every friday it's well it's you know it's maybe not quite that all right it's not it's i feel like mo like well i'm better than dirt yeah well most dirt not dead not that fancy store-bought dirt but anyway so i'm better than most things uh it's only two bucks a month you get uh early access to game patch every friday you also get exclusive access to expansion pass which is my weekly game discussion podcast that goes live every single sunday last week was episode 42 and we spent almost an hour and a half talking about ghost of tsushima it was about an hour long spoiler free review 100 spoiler free review and then there's about a 20 minute spoiler cast at the end of it and i separated it with music and warnings and stuff like that so you can listen to it completely worry free if you haven't played ghost of tsushima yet that was last sunday's episode this sunday for episode 43 we're gonna do our 2021 gaming predictions episode it's something i wanted to do a little earlier in january but didn't have time it didn't really matter because nothing's happened so far anyway so i'm gonna lay out what i think is coming for 2021 i'll make a few predictions for each console and then i'll be sharing some listener predictions as well and if you're a patreon you can submit your predictions and do all that stuff so you get instant access to every old episode as well so it works out to like three cents per podcast you'd be paying for and then in addition to all that stuff you get to help pick the games we cover on the show. Like I said, you can submit comments for every show. You get access to our new Discord service, which is really growing and becoming fun. We have tons of rooms over there where we talk about video games and sports and music and Simpsons quotes and everything like that. And most importantly, goddammit, you can support me and you can support Remember the Game Industries. And almost 170 of you are doing this now. I'm Like every week, I have another four or five names to shout out and say thank you to, which is just like the fucking raddest thing so a huge thank you to our newest patreons the honest pokemon trader bracken newcomb zoo troy and elm m m fell god damn it thank you so much welcome to remember the game industry so sign up two dollars a month tons of value keeps me on the air and i'll mispronounce your name right here on the podcast just like i did all of those names so i know i i bring it up a lot i know i talk about it but like really you guys it helps the show grow more than you could possibly imagine so uh oh yeah and i have a p.o box you can find the address at our website but it's p.o box 69181 edmonton alberta canada t6 victor 1 gary 7 and just send me a postcard or a letter or something i'll send you remember the game postcard back and like some magnets and we'll be friends and it's i i love seeing like that i have listeners all around the world and i'm getting postcards from all around the world we've got postcards from all over the states from from finland from australia over in europe it's fucking the coolest shit so thank you all so much uh and then finally 
as I always plug, uh, I stream on Twitch on Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday night from about 8 to 10.30 or 11 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Look for Member the Game on Twitch, not Remember, Member the Game. It's, uh, it's dude, it's, people just come by and mostly make fun of my horrible gameplay, and I get pretty angry sometimes, and it's a lot of fun. So look for Member the Game on Twitch. If you'd like to come see me over there, it's free. And uh, that's enough blowing myself. That's, guy, like... I know I spend a long time on that Patreon plug every week, but like it really is super important. It's you guys keep signing up, which is fucking God. It helps me a lot. And, uh, and I try not to make it boring. I don't want it to just be some three second ad that I read off a piece of paper and move. On. I try to spice it up a little bit and make it fun. So I hope you, I don't know, maybe everyone just skips it every week. I don't fuck whatever it doesn't. Anyway, uh, that's enough blowing myself. Let's, well, I'm not going to blow you guys. You guys, well, you guys can blow me. Let's blow with some cartridges. I, I got to figure out a better way to intro this. Our opening segment of the show every week, you guys, I read a few comments and questions from our Patreons, usually gaming related, not always. And we call it blowing in the cartridge. And as I said last week, more and more people are writing in every week, which is awesome. Um, I read as many as I can. For the longest time, my goal is to just read all of them every week. I can't do that anymore, but don't, don't think that that's not worth your time to write in. Cause I make sure I keep track of who I've read. I try to read everybody every week or every two weeks and spread it out and stuff like that. So if I didn't read you this week, I'm sorry, keep trying and maybe I'll read you next week. Uh, I could probably read more if I didn't waste so much time explaining how I read the ones I do. So let's just shut the fuck up and blow. And our first blower this week is, uh, Brian Ransom, longtime supporter of the show. And Brian said, <clears throat> I always stumble through these and I'm not, I, my goal this week is to not fuck up a single word in a single email from anybody. I have no doubt that I'm going to, I'm not gonna be able to do it, but I'm going to try. So here we go. Brian Ransom, number one. Hey Adam, I know that Cuphead is at a fairly well-received game. I just learned that Netflix is supposed to be doing a series about it. What are your thoughts? Do you think slash hope that this changes the general idea that fuck, I made it fucking halfway through the first fucking... <sighs> hey Adam, I know that Cuphead has been a fairly well-received game. I just learned that Netflix is supposed to be doing a series of it. What are your thoughts? Do you think or hope that this changes the general idea that movies and games about video games don't live up to the actual hype? There, fucking did it. Boom. Uh, hey, Brian, Cuphead is fucking awesome. I love that game. I love the art style. And its art style, in theory, lends itself to a great cartoon. Like, if you've never played Cuphead, you know, I'm not telling you that you have to play it, but look it up at least. It is. It looks like a cartoon out of like the 1920s or 30s or something. It's fucking gorgeous. Um, so in theory, that should make a great show. So do I hope that the Cuphead series changes the general idea that video game movies and TV shows don't live up to the hype? Absolutely. Do I think the Cuphead series will change the general idea that video game movies and TV shows can't live up to the hype? Yeah, no. Uh, maybe. I mean, I'm. It could. Like, I'm. I'm not ready to write off the Cuphead TV show or anything like that. And when it comes out, I'm going to give it a chance, particularly because it's on Netflix, so I can watch it anytime I want. I am going to try the Cuphead animated show. It's just like at this point, after so many misses, like I just look at video game movies and video game TV shows. With like a, like a guilty until proven innocent, uh, lens. Like maybe, and maybe that makes me a cynical jerk. But like after all these years, I'm we've all seen it, right? Most of these suck. So I'm gonna go into this expecting it to suck, and then if it doesn't, that's fucking awesome. That's what I did for the Sonic movie. I went into the Sonic movie expecting complete and total garbage, and it blew my really low expectations away. Whereas if I had gone into it expecting it to be this like masterpiece, I would have walked out disappointed. So. I don't know why it is so fucking hard to make a good video game movie or a good video game show, but apparently it is. So I, I'm going to watch at least an episode of Cuphead when it comes out. 
I'm not going to hedge my bets that it's going to be the next Simpsons or South Park or anything. The animation style lends itself to being great, and we'll see if they can actually pull it off. Or it's just a shitty show that looks nice, because it could just end up being that, too. Um, thanks for writing in, Brian. Okay, 0 for 1 on reading the comments. Here we go. Number 2 from uh, Luis Oliva. I hope I said that right. <clears throat> Luis says... What non-Nintendo franchise do you think can come close to the quality or quantity of, say, a Zelda or a Mario? And we're excluding Mega Man here. Ah, ah. That's a good question, Luis. And uh, that's someone that knows my tastes because you're goddamn right I would have said Mega Man. So good call on eliminating that. And the thing is, is well, I don't know. Because as much as I love Mega Man, I don't know if he'll ever be on the level of a Mario or a Zelda. Like, I, I can't... I, no, I can't do that. So what non-Nintendo franchise could come close to producing the quality and quantity that the Mario and Zelda franchises produce. Like, hmm. I'm sure there are some fans already yelling uh, stuff into their phones. Like, I, I mean, Call of Duty, Assassin's Creed, they come out all the time and they're fairly well praised. I'm sure they're screaming about how they're already at that level. I don't know about that, but I don't also like those franchises, so it doesn't matter. Um, or I can't say, I shouldn't say they don't matter. Like, realistically... What do Mario and Zelda release? Like a game a generation, maybe two, right? So is that the bar we're looking at? One to two games per generation that are realistically 90 and above, like on a scoring scale? Is that, so what franchise that's non-Nintendo could produce a game or two a generation that is consistently above 90 out of 100 or better, say? Okay, mm so for Xbox, this might not be a popular answer, but I might argue Gears of War is already doing that. I mean, obviously, Gears isn't Zelda or Mario. It's not for everybody. It's not for children or anything. Um, but, like, the Gears of War games are incredibly high quality. They're polished. We get one or two per generation. I think right now, that would be my Xbox answer. It would be the Gears of War games. I think that's the closest thing they have right now. Because Halo has kind of lost its way, I think some people would argue. Hopefully, they find their way back. So, for Xbox, I would... I mean... Yeah, I know it's not a children's game, but I would say Gears of War. And then for PlayStation, you know what? I uh, hmm. I don't have a lot of experience with this franchise, but I know that they're very well received. I would probably say Ratchet and Clank on PlayStation. I mean, it's a very colorful, cartoony kind of game, a la Mario. They're incredibly high quality. Um, I really want to get into the Ratchet and Clank franchise. I'm going to do that this year. I'm going to play some Ratchet and Clank this year. Um, and then I, like, frankly, I think PlayStation has a couple of games that could compare with Zelda. Like, I don't want to say Horizon or Spider-Man yet, because they're both great games, but they only have one. I think you could maybe argue that God of War would be a fair comparison to Zelda on PlayStation. And if the upcoming God of War game gets reviews like the PS4 God of War did, then I totally think that they could be PlayStation Zelda. Um, I think is like, I've said it before. I truly feel like I, and it seems sacrilegious to me because I'm such a Nintendo fan, but I really think PlayStation is at a point where their exclusives lineup can stand up to Nintendo's. Maybe they're not quite as nostalgic, but like as far as the quality and the quantity goes, PlayStation's fucking killing it. They have a lot of great exclusive franchises. So I would maybe say God of War would be their Zelda the closest thing they have to a Zelda. So good question, Luis. And I hope I'm saying your name right. If I'm not, tell me on Patreon. Be like, dumbass, this is how you say it. But L-U-I-S, Luis, I think. Like Luis Mendoza from the Mighty Ducks. Uh, Vincent L. wrote into me on Patreon and said, uh, uh, 
happy 2021 to you, my lad. I'm just about done with Last of Us 2, and I'll be playing Ghost of Tsushima next, and we'll listen to both of your Expansion Pass podcasts to get your take and analysis on them. Also, please play Shadow of the Colossus. I sent you a copy, and I hope to hear an episode about it later this year. Cheers. Uh, hey, Vincent, thank you for the gift, my friend. I have not checked my P.O. box in a week and a half or so, but I'm headed over there uh, probably later this afternoon, so I'll check. Hopefully it's there by then. Uh, you hot dogs keep sending me video games, which is insanely generous i'm sincerely humbled and, and and very 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 appreciative i mean all i'm asking for is postcards and letters sending me a game is just so oh, it's like buying me flowers and roses like i'll put out if you buy me a game it's really nice so thank you um i try to play the stuff that you guys send me in the order that it's sent to me so i've played undertale i've played hades I have God of War, Resident Evil 2, and Nier Automata sitting here still to play. I have always wanted to play Shadow of Colossus, so I am—I promise you, Vincent, I will play it. Could take a while, but I will play it, and I'll definitely share my thoughts. Dude, maybe that's like a <laughs> like a sneaky way to get an episode of the show is to just buy me a copy of the game that you want. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not endorsing that. I'm not saying everyone just go buy me copies of games. Oh. Uh. Uh, I need some coffee there, but that's, yeah, fuck, it's just funny. That, yeah, like, I'll definitely tell you what I think of Shadow of Colossus. Uh, also, enjoy Ghost of Tsushima, because you are in for a treat, my friend. I love that game, as everyone that just listened to Expansion Pass would know. Uh, Stupid Monkey wrote in and said, uh, oh, wait, I was saying your name wrong, right? You told me on Twitch, it's Stupid Monkey. Uh, and Stupid Monkey said, um, well, all intelligent people can agree that Donatello is the best Ninja Turtle. If the turtles were dropped suddenly into a free-for-all fight to the death, who would win? And for some reason, they actually have to fight, so no cheap, they wouldn't fight each other answers. Uh, that's a, our, our standard Turtles comment that we get every week. This Dude, I feel like we could make it at its own segment. One, one Ninja Turtles comment per week. I feel like I could just make that its own segment. If So if the four Ninja Turtles had to fight to the death, who would win? Now, uh, you, I mean, you all know I'm a Donatello diehard. I, unless he invents like a death ray, which I suppose you could argue that he could. But assuming that he just has to stick to ninjutsu, as much as I love him, Donatello's not winning that fight. So he's out. Uh, the, the talk for Ninja Turtles for years has always been that Michelangelo has the, bo- the most raw potential of the four turtles. He just doesn't apply himself. I know he won the Battle Nexus tournament in the 2003 series, but realistically this battle is going to come down to Raph and Leo, right? Michelangelo has all the potential in the world. He should have trained harder when he had a chance before Raphael and Leo decided to kill him. So it comes down to Leonardo and Raphael. I think my money's got to go on Raphael. It has to like, remember when they fought on the roof in TMNT 2000, the the, the, the movie from like 07 or 08 or whatever came out, Raphael won. He won that fight against Leo on the roof. It's that simple. This is an incredibly sad and depressing Ninja Turtles question because you have them all killing each other. But yes, if I had to bet on a turtle to win a fight to the death, my money would be on Raphael the Jerk. Uh, thanks, Stupid Monkey. Uh, for anyone wondering why I'm saying it like that, he takes the vowels out from his name, so I gotta say it, Stupid Monkey. Uh, Stitch wrote into us on Patreon and said, I've been thinking recently about EA and how the Madden and NHL licenses have become stagnant. Let me preface this idea by saying I know they'd never do it because no matter what, they sell a ton of each franchise every year, no matter how shitty the product is, so I understand it would not be good business to go this route. My thought is they could reroute their resources and instead of putting a new version of each game out every year, they instead aim to put a AAA version out every three or four years. Then they could have a small team putting out yearly roster updates or seasons like the same as games like Fortnite and Call of Duty do. 
these up updates could come at a small cost to the user, say 20 bucks, to help recoup some of the lost revenue from not releasing a yearly game. As I said, I know before they would never do this because they're greedy bastards, but I can't help but think it would result a better product and possibly a better reputation for EA. Uh, thanks for writing in, Stitch, and fucking props to me, because I made it through that as a long fucking message, and I don't think I screwed up too many words. Uh, this, yeah, I mean, anything would improve the reputation of EA at this point. But this has been a common request from so many people that like sports games for years, myself included. I've said this in the past. I love this. Instead of charging us fucking 80 bucks Canadian every year for a game that's just a roster update with a couple of tweaks for better or worse... Uh, give us one game and then just sell us roster updates for a few years while you build a real next version of the game. Golf actually tried that with Rory McIlroy Golf a few years ago. They released that and then just planned to release like updated courses and golfers and stuff. And I don't think it did that well. So, I, I mean, I'd love to see them do this. I actually think this will go over incredibly well with listeners or pardon me, with gamers. Uh, honestly, and I'm talking out of my ass here because I haven't seen the contracts or anything, but I, I think part of the reason that they'll never do this, obviously, like you said, those games sell a lot, but I think part of the reason that they're never going to go this route is because I have to assume the contracts they have in place with the NFL Players Association or the NHL Players Association or FIFA or whatever league you want probably says that in exchange for that exclusivity they have got to release a game every year because those leagues and those players get paid based on the sales of the games for the rights to use their faces and names and likenesses and stuff and i'm sure that they want that payday every year as opposed to telling them hey we'll give you that payday once every four years and in the meantime you'll get tiny ones because we're just selling roster updates i have to assume that that's part of their contract right like i i i absolutely think ea is gross and, and they have no problem taking our money for a slightly worse game every year. I'm certainly not defending EA, but I truly believe part of the reason they do it is because they're hamstrung by the contract, forcing them to release a new game, probably right at the start of every league season every year, because that's usually when those games come out. So, I mean, I would love it if we got there someday. I, I really like the idea. I just don't know if we ever will. And like you said, like, I mean, Madden and FIFA can get raked over the coals with bad reviews. They're still the top-selling games every month. So money talks, unfortunately. Uh, and you know what? And just to throw a little bit of shade at EA, I really like MLB The Show, and they find a way to make that game worth your money every year. So, And they're releasing it every year. So, yeah, I don't know. EA can go fuck themselves. But I, but yeah, I, that's, why it's, that's probably why it's not happening. So good question, Stitch. Uh, and then finally, before we play, uh, we go to play one, remake one, erase one. As you guys know, it's, uh, it's letter time. It's letter time. Boy, I can't sing. And this week's letter comes from the honest Pokemon trainer. One of our newest Patreon supporters and the honest Pokemon trainer asks, Adam, how do you feel about video game censorship? I don't know if you've noticed, but the recent Final Fantasy VIII remaster has had sections censored and they were, for my opinion, minimal things. Do you wish that video games were allowed to be a freedom of expression and be untouched as long as they are rated appropriately? You know what? Honest Pokemon trainer, I'm not going to BS you. Normally when I work on the show, when I do my script, I make all my notes. So when you guys are hearing me blah, 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 and you're like, how the fuck does he just blah, 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 blah for 30, 40, 50 minutes without stopping it's because i have notes to go from and then i just glue the notes together with my words but i didn't write a lot of notes for this this is a very this is a topic very close to my heart this is something that i really yeah like this is it's a hard thing to talk about censorship and, and freedom of expression and stuff if, quickly for the record i had no idea that they censored some parts of final fantasy 8 in the remastered version but i never played the original so i'll never i i won't know what i'm missing out on uh, just for that part so i i do believe quite 
seriously in freedom of, of expression. Uh, as you guys know, I'm a stand-up comedian away from the podcast. And as a comedian, I've seen firsthand what can happen when you censor art, as it were. I've seen comedians' careers ruined. I've seen comedians charged, uh, all because of, uh, of censorship. And I don't think that's something that should be happening. Video games are art. So is stand-up comedy. So is music or, or poetry, writing, painting, movies, any, in my opinion, if you're creating something, you're creating art. Um, I, I don't think art is a subjective term. I think art is everyone taking what's inside of them and finding a way to put it out into the world somehow. You know, and whether you do that through a joke or you do it through a video game or you write a movie script or, or a poem or a YouTube video or you write a song, you're taking what's in you and you're putting it out. And I do feel like we as a species should be free to express ourselves when we're creating because that's what art is. It's, it's creative people expressing themselves. Um, where it becomes slippery is you don't want to hurt anyone with it. Right. And there's a difference between like, you know, I made a joke about diabetes and someone got offended by it and some asshole going on stage, uh, dropping the N bomb for fucking three minutes and thinking that that's common. Like that's not art. Now you're just trying to hurt people. And the problem is, where do you find that that line? And obviously, like the the N word is that line, but there's a lot more lines than just that line, right? the The thing about art is that as a consumer of art, you have to exercise your right to speak with your wallet. And gaming, to me, is maybe the easiest industry slash form of art to do that with. If something in a video game offends you, or you don't support the message that it's trying to send don't buy it. And that's what the ratings board is there for, is to tell you what is talked about in this game, and then you can decide if that's something that you want to support and stand behind uh, or or not, you know? Um, if people won't buy a video game, developers aren't going to make it, you know? Um, this is such a hard thing to answer because I, I walk both... Like I'm, I guess I'm kind of... And I'm going to unfence it by the end, but I guess I'm kind of sitting on the fence because I truly believe in freedom of speech. As a comedian, I need freedom of speech to do my job, but I also am try to be sen- at least I, I was to say I am sensitive, but I try to be sensitive to other people's feelings, their beliefs, their lifestyles. I think anyone out there dropping you know racial slurs or coming down on the gay community or or whatever should just shut the fuck up. So maybe that makes me a hypocrite when I say you're free to say what you want, but don't say you know don't say this. With video games, it's a little different, and we'll tie it back into video games now as opposed to comedy or anything. I could get on a comedy soapbox for hours. Um, Video games are a little different than most other forms of art because you're not just watching the video game or listening to the video game or reading the video game. You, you're participating. You're controlling the guy that is killing people or saying the bad things or, or whatever. Or you're interacting with the people that are doing that. Um, I don't think video games should be censored. I, I believe that from the bottom of my heart. I don't think video games should be centered, censored. I think we as the consumer uh, and gamers have the ability to keep the awful shit out of our hobby, right? Like there's, and if I'm, don't correct me if I'm wrong, because if this game exists, I don't, I was about to say, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't want to know if this game fucking exists. But like, if a game came out where you controlled like a a member of the KKK, for example, and and you were like a member, you were a full-blown fucking piece of shit Nazi, like I would like to believe that people wouldn't buy it. Um, And that is probably why that game doesn't exist. And again, if it does exist, please don't tell me because I don't want to know about it. But like, there's a reason that I don't know about it, and I've been playing video games for 35 years. Um, we have the ability to kind of censor the hobby ourselves without telling an artist they can't make something because no one's making a video game 
at least not a video game of any relevancy without intending to sell it and try to make some money. I mean, other than hobbyists and things like that, um, which again comes back to the relevancy thing. And someone's not going to make a game where you play as the KKK because they know no one's going to buy it because we as consumers are like, well, we're not going to buy that shit. So we kind of censor it for them. I hope that makes sense what I'm trying to say. Uh, and, and, and talking lighter stuff, the, the example that always comes to my mind when it comes to censorship in video games is Mother 3, which if you don't know is the sequel to Earthbound from the Super Nintendo. It's on the Game Boy Advance. It has never come to North America. An English version, at least not legally. Uh, I've played it. My pal Chris uh, got me a translated, fan-translated copy of it for my Game Boy Advance. I got to play it. Um, but it's never been released. And people have been asking Nintendo, release this game forever. Give us Mother 3. We want Mother 3. Give us Mother 3. Without spoiling anything from the game... Uh, there are characters in that game that are kind of, I don't know if it was intended to make fun or if they're kind of just a, I don't know. There's some transgender characters in the game and they're very uh, silly and a little flamboyant and they're very critical to, like they are a crucial part of the game. Um, but like they're, you know, there are these big hairy guys that are fairies and one of them gives you like a, like literally dressed up as fairies. One of them gives you like a razor and one of them gives you like makeup and it, it's, it's kind of funny, but like, I understand how that, especially in 2021 could blow right up. And that's why we're never going to get it. And again, that's Nintendo's like, I'm not dealing with that backlash. They know the game would sell, but they also know they would face insane backlash for it rightly or wrongly. And I'm not here to debate whether or not that's right or wrong. So I don't think we're ever going to get that game released. So again, that's kind of consumers censoring the market for the artists. Does that, does that make sense? Like, I, I, I think that's how gaming is different. We really control what the industry is going to do more so than any other industry. We control what the industry is going to do. Uh, and you've got to remember most artists aren't publicly traded like game developers are, you know, as a comedian, I can say whatever the fuck I want. And if I make a dumb joke and I offend everyone, I fuck myself over, but I don't have millions of shareholders to explain myself to look at Michael Richards. The guy that was Kramer. We all know what the fuck he did. And I love Kramer in the show. I think Michael Richards is an incredibly talented actor, but he fucked himself and he's paid the price for it. His career is over but he doesn't have shareholders to worry about. So he didn't have to think about the consequences of his actions until it was too late. Whereas video game companies do. So I hope that's an answer. I know it's a very roundabout flip floppity floppity answer, but like it's, it's a tough, it's a, tough, it's a really tough subject for me, man. It really is. Um, I guess to get off the fence, to stop fence sitting and to wrap this up, I don't think art should be censored. I think people should be able to create and put out, what they want. And if it's a shitty person trying to create a shitty thing that is going to hurt people, I truly believe the good people in the world outnumber the bad people and the shitty creator won't have to be censored because the good people in the world will make them so irrelevant that what they're saying isn't going to matter. I, that's, I okay. So I hope that makes sense. Uh, good, good question, man. Good blowing everybody. That's, that's enough blowing in the cartridge this week. Fuck me right. Half an hour. Jesus Christ. These are getting longer and longer and longer. I'm sorry. No one's complaining. Are they getting too long? I don't, you can just skip them if you don't want to. No, no. You know what? It's my fucking show. I like it being long. I like it long and hard. Uh, let's get into our smash hit segment. Play one, remake one, erase one. (laughs) 
And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing with us with our theme music for the show. Uh, the rules are simple. You know it. Every week I give our listeners three retro video games. They can play one as it was released. They can remake one as a modern game. And the third game is a race from time forever. And this week, since I figured we're talking River City Ransom because it won our Patreon poll, we're going to do a previous Patreon poll prevailer edition of the show. And our contenders for this week are Sonic Adventure for the Sega Dreamcast, Final Fantasy 1 for the NES, and Shining Force for the Sega Genesis, all former Patreon poll winners. And as always, there are no wrong answers, but there is a correct one, and I will tell you what it is in just a minute. Uh, where do we start? All right, Scott Brooks. We're going to start with Scott Brooks this week, who said, Remake Final Fantasy and updated this game to current-gen graphics would help to create an entire new generation of fans for the series. Play Shining Force. It's still fun to play to this day. And as much as I love the little blue guy, Sonic Adventure has got to go. This game feels rushed and buggy with multiple parts that don't even make sense. Looking at you, Big the Cat. It was clear they pushed this game out before it was legitimately done. Sonic Adventure was the Cyberpunk 2077 of 1999. Whew! That's, uh, man. I'll tell you, Scott. Calling Sonic Adventure 1999 Cyberpunk, that is a spicy take, my friend. I respect somebody that's willing to shoot a shot like that because... Oh, I learned when we did the episode that game has got loyal defenders, my man. I don't I don't totally agree, but I also don't totally disagree. I like Sonic Adventure, but it's it's got more bugs than an Animal Crossing library or someplace with lots of bugs. I couldn't think of a better example than that. Um great start, Scott. Good good take. This is gonna be good. Zootroy wrote in and said, uh, <laughs> I hate the keyboard configurement on Patreon. How about just make post the post button and enter the standard add new line button? Uh, anyway, for the third time, so for the record, Zootroy has tried to write this out three times, I take it. And by the way, I agree, Zootroy. Patreon's website, particularly the mobile version, is a steaming pile of echo. Fucking totally agree with you. So Zootroy's order... Keep Shining Force the same. While Fantasy Star 4 is no Final Fantasy 6, Shining Force is definitely the Genesis version of Ogre Battle. I'd remake Final Fantasy 1 because the mobile version updates were garbage and the property could easily be repurposed to any number of genre remakes. Tactical RPG, real-time strategy, puzzle fighter, etc. All with the central mechanics. And then I would get rid of Sonic, one of the best games on the Dreamcast, but not one of the best Sonic games, and one that sent others in the entirely wrong direction. So... That's interesting. Zutroy's got the same order as Scott, albeit a little bit less controversial because he didn't call Sonic Adventure Cyberpunk. Um, but that's an interesting debate. That's an interesting debate for a whole other time, actually. Is Sonic Adventure the game where Sonic started to go off the rails? Like, it's... I, I think there's some legitimacy to saying that. I really do. Because uh, the original three, you know, Sega trilogy and stuff were great. Sonic Adventure's where Sonic really started to get polarizing. So, Sonic's taking some heat today, man. And it's not over. He's going to listen to this. Luca wrote in, Remake Final Fantasy. The original game could be great, but it's way too slow and grindy to be worth playing today. <laughs> Erase the blue rat and then play Shining Force. I never played it, but that's the option that remains. So, I will say... Luca, I respect saying I will play the one I've never played instead of erasing it. That's a nice change of pace because most people, if there's one of them they haven't played, they just erase it because they never played it. But you said erase the blue rat. Fuck. Listen, all of you that are getting ready to mount your horses and come to Edmonton and yell at me for slamming Sonic, I'm just reading what your brothers and sisters here in the hot dog community are writing, all right? I have my criticisms of Sonic, but I don't hate him enough to call him a rat. He's cool. He just... He kind of sucks in 3D, that's all. 
not everybody here hates on Sonic. Raging Demon wrote in and said, Erase Final Fantasy, remake Sonic Adventure, play Shining Force. That's it. So no explanations. Demon is in here dropping Final Fantasy like a bad habit, giving Sonic a makeover. So, I mean, erasing Final Fantasy is a hot take. But uh, that was quick and to the point. I respect that, Demon. Uh, Keeg779988 says, Play Shining Force. It's been remade on the Game Boy Advance, but the original version is perfectly fine and fun. Remake Sonic Adventure. They ported it to GameCube, but didn't fix any of the glitches and bugs. It's such a solid 3D Sonic game, minus Big the Cat, and they could add more depth to the Chow raising, or even add an extra character story into it. Erase Final Fantasy. Unlike Shining Force, this version of the game is not fine. It's been remade countless times, and each version is infinitely better than this one. Sorry, Final Fantasy. You've got to go. Sorry, my computer's trying to update. Fuck off. Trying to update Flash while I'm reading Keeks' thing here. Uh, Keeks feels the exact same way as Demon. Drop Final Fantasy. And the thing is, is like you're not wrong about that game. The original NES version of Final Fantasy is fucking oh, so slow. I get it. The dilemma there, as we're going to get into in a minute, is if you erase the first Final Fantasy, does Final Fantasy cease to exist? Which is always a debate on this show. And it changes the rules of the games depending on whether or not you think it's going to erase everything um man we got a lot of replies this week a couple more here it's this would be a long these intros are getting longer and longer uh sean clifford wrote in and said final Fantasy's fine the way it is it's a classic remake shining force it doesn't need to be fancy or anything but a new makeover of visuals and sounds would raise final fantasy tactics fans eyebrows and then erase sonic adventure as a sega kid this hurts me to say but sonic was meant for 2d and I and I feel I think a lot of people feel like Sean does about Sonic. His it's it's not that Sonic sucks. His mechanics just work better in 2D. And I, I and listen, Sean, I don't think there's anything wrong with erasing a weak entry in a classic franchise if you don't like it's just like Zelda fans erasing Majora's Mask because it sucks. It <laughs> no. Uh fuck. I'm never covering Majora's Mask. Maybe someday. I will see. Uh Nick Sills wrote in and said, I don't have a ton of experience with these titles, but I would leave Final Fantasy as it is. Although I'd maybe cheat and play an updated version after listening to the Remember the Game podcast about it. I would remake Shining Force to give it some modern conveniences and a fresh coat of paint. I would erase Sonic since Sonic's best days were long gone by the time Sonic Adventure came out. Uh, yeah. Nick, definitely play an updated version of the original Final Fantasy. Although, if you want to see where it starts, like admittedly, I'd never played Final Fantasy 1 before I played it for the show, I will never play it on the NES again because it is very long and slow. But I'm glad I did. I'm glad I experienced and now I know what it's all about. There's something to be said for giving it a try. But if you just want to play it for the sake of playing a Final Fantasy, do not play the original version. Uh, Dave Thompson says, Play Final Fantasy, even though it might be a grindy slog. Remake Shining Force. I remember that game being good or at least seeing the cover in Blockbuster, which made me think that the game must be the shit because of that sweet cover art. And then Erase Sonic Adventure. Two minutes of a cool killer whale chasing you and blowing up a dock always looked great at the demo kiosk in Toys R Us, but that was the best part of the game as far as I can remember. Uh, yeah you're not wrong dave uh dude the cover art for shining force is fucking awesome i agree with that i i don't think i like that game enough to hang a poster of its cover art in my office but i do like the art enough to consider it that box art fucking owns look it up uh a whole bunch of you had the exact same answer that those guys did the order wise both of the mathis brothers said play final fantasy because it's perfect i don't know about that they both love the nes version yeah yeah uh, they both remake Shining Force, and they both said erase Sonic, because who cares? Fuck him, blah, blah. Uh, so- Sonic is taking some heat today, man. I almost want to change my answer and 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 stick up for Sonic, because 
you're all hating on him. But all the people that said that order got it right, as did Brandon O'Brien, our final answer this week. Play Final Fantasy 1. Uh, I can't erase it because what happens to 4 and 6? I might lose my childhood. Remake Shining Force because it'd be amazing looking like Fire Emblem Three Houses. Erase Sonic Adventure because it's Sonic, you know? Uh, so this is... I agree with all of you. And this Brandon's reasoning minus the Sonic reasoning is almost my exact same answer. I would play Final Fantasy. We reviewed the original one a few months ago and all of you were telling me not play the original NES version, play a remake because it's a slow slog. And you're right, it is a slow slog. Uh, so I highly recommend playing a port of it with fast forward at least. But the reason I'm not going to remake Final Fantasy is because ports of it already exist. And I would remake 4, 6, or 9 like Final Fantasy 7 remake before I remade Final Fantasy 1 like that. And I'm terrified to erase it because if it does erase the SNES versions of Final Fantasy, I'd never forgive myself. So I'm just going to let it sit there as it is. This one's not a play it. This one's a tolerate it and let it sit there. I would remake Shining Force. Uh, as some of you may know, I've developed quite the affection for tactical games since I played Fire Emblem Awakening a few years ago. And I can't agree with Brandon enough. Shining Force is fucking rad, but Shining Force in the Three Houses model might just be my game of the year. I... Oh... That'd be so sick. Like, I almost want to acknowledge the Sega Saturn's existence just to play Shining Force 3, but I'm not that desperate. Um, and then I would erase Sonic Adventure. I don't hate Sonic. I feel like I have this reputation as a Sonic hater. I'm constantly defending that little weenie. It's not true. I like Sonic. I think he's really cool. I like some of his games. I don't think they're as good as Mario, but I think they're fun. But the thing is, Mario is slower, it's more methodical, it's precise, and he transitioned into 3D with dignity and class. Sonic transitioned into 3D like Chris Farley falling through a living room table. Just, it was fun to watch, but I don't want anything to do with it. So, Sonic handles so much better in 2D. And I don't hate Sonic Adventure, the game itself, but I, as I said on that episode of the show, I, I don't hate it. But Sonic Adventure contains Big the Cat. And for that alone, it should be erased. Forget whether the bugs, whether it plays well or doesn't play well. Big the Cat means that game gets erased. And all the computers used to create that game should all be destroyed as well, just to be safe. So that's my answer. Thanks to everyone that played. Sorry I can't read them all on here, you guys. I really do try. Keep playing. Uh, let me get into what I've been playing. Then we're going to talk River City Ransom. I'm almost done Gears Tactics. I'm, I thought I was going to finish it last night, but I fell asleep. I'm going to try to knock it off tonight after Tetris Tuesday. Um, it's incredibly polished. It looks fantastic. I really like the gameplay mechanics, but the levels are getting incredibly repetitive. It's just the same half a dozen maps, the same four or five objectives over and over. I'm just finishing it to see how the story ends now. So if you're a Gears of War fan, I still recommend Gears Tactics. I really hope we get a Gears Tactics 2. Same engine because it plays great. Just more mission variety or random levels or something to change it up. So that's been my primary focus. And then I am playing Final Fantasy VIII Remastered on my Switch because it won our Patreon poll this month. Uh, my plan is to finish Tactics tonight and then I'm just going to focus on Final Fantasy VIII for a week or two and put it to bed and finish it. Uh, I'm not going to say a word about what I think. Keeping all my thoughts close to the chest for the upcoming podcast. Uh, and then when I need a break from those games, I've been playing a little bit of Minecraft and MLB The Show. As you all know, Minecraft and The Show are my two addictions. I've talked about that. I've, I've relapsed on both, but I think I have it under control right now. I, I added Spotify to my Xbox Series X, and so sometimes before bed now, I'll play 30 or 40 minutes of Minecraft while I just listen to a podcast before bed, and it really just helps me relax and puts me in the right mood to go to sleep. And then MLB The Show is just my comfort food. I just play it while I watch sports, while I have a hockey game on or something. Um, they're just my distractions. So, And I know a lot of you have been sending me games. Like I mentioned earlier, and I ran down the list of games I have. I'm grateful. 
I really do plan to play them all. Like I actually have my next like three months of gaming laid out in front of me. Like over the next few months, the only game I'm even considering buying is Mario 3D World because my girlfriend and I play it together. Uh, but my loose schedule for the coming couple months is designed around me just trying to finish some of the games I have laying around here. Like I, I'm so my order is I'm gonna finish Final Fantasy VIII, do God of War on the PS4, Resident Evil 2 remake on the PS4, Final Fantasy V, which Ben picked uh, to cover on the show after winning my charity stream prize draw. I have Near Automata to play, and then Shadow of Colossus. So I'm gonna play them in that order, in the order I've received them. But I'm also playing other stuff for the podcast, working on my personal, my Xbox backlog and stuff. I just so many games, man. I fucking love it. I have no worries about running out of games soon. And I don't know if anyone cares but I thought I would lay it out. That's my schedule over the next couple of months. That's a long enough intro. Let's get into River City Ransom, you guys. That's what you're here for. Maybe you're here for the intro. I don't know. Uh, I like to give you nerds a chance to share your thoughts on the games before I indulge myself and ramble for a bit. Uh, Jeffrey Mathis wrote in and said... Uh, in regards to River City Ransom. I played this game a ton with my brother Michael as a kid. I always thought it was way better than Battletoads and Double Dragon. Playing co-op was so much more fun than single player. If you died, the other person had a few seconds to run off screen to save your money. You could also pick up your teammate and throw him or use him as a weapon. One of the top underrated games on the NES. Uh, now, Jeffrey, I only played it alone, but I could totally see this. I think beat-em-ups as a whole are just more fun with a friend. This game seems like it lends itself perfectly to playing with your friends. If only I had friends. That's the problem. Uh, Mercury869 wrote in and said, I actually have never played River City Ransom. Is this the clone of Double Dragon or is it reverse? Uh, Mercury, I don't know Double Dragon very well, but as we're going to talk about in just a minute, and as Jeffrey just said, the general consensus is that people prefer River City Ransom to Double Dragon. So for what it's worth, Robert Lippa wrote in and said, I used to play the crap out of this as a kid. I didn't know what I was doing, but I had fun. I loved the art style. The dodgeball game they released was pretty fun too. 20 years later, I got it on the Wii and a friend and myself used a guide and finally beat it. Such a great game. And it holds its own against several of the other beat em ups from the era. Uh, I agree, Robert. The art style in this game is the single biggest standout to me. I fucking adore the way River City Ransom looks. I would love to make some Remember the Game merch in the art style of River City Ransom because I think it looks so good. And then Scott Brooks wrote in and said, This is one of those games I played consistently as a kid, but I don't actually remember beating it. The combat was terrible, but I had so much fun hucking rocks, brass knuckles at people that it didn't matter. Picking up other people and using them as weapons on their buddies was also extremely satisfying. My nostalgia paints this as a great game. I'm not so confident it would feel that way if I were to play it today, though. Uh, and that's a great way to get into the main course of the podcast this week because I don't hate this game, but... I also have no nostalgic ties to it. And like Scott said, I really feel nostalgia is the key ingredient in the River City Ransom Pie. It's a good game. Nostalgia makes it a great game. So uh, my sack full of doorknobs swinging friend Chris has has nostalgic ties to the game. So I'm going to let him tell you all about him right now. I'm going to queue up those River City Ransom tunes. And we are going to talk about the beloved NES beat-em-up River City Ransom, which originally released in Japan... I couldn't find when it released uh, North America. On April 25th, 1989. Let's talk River City Ransom. Here we go. Okay, joining me via the bat phone. Oh, the blank phone. 
Dude, I've been trying to come up with a name for this stupid phone for fucking since COVID. Because we have to do them over the phone. We can't do them in person. We're calling it the blank phone. How the fuck did I not think? It? God, I suck at this. Where the fuck were you on this one, Heber? You came up with the... I'm, I'm talking to my buddy Chris Heber. He was the very first guest on the show. He's a very good friend of mine. And he was the guy that came up with the name of the Blankies for our award show. He fucking carries Remember the Game. And I've been looking for a name for the phone for six months. And where the fuck have you been? What have you been up to for six months? Nothing. No, I just... I just thought you were the pizza man, so I guess we're both disappointed. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> um, uh, dude, listen, first of all, thank you for, uh, you are, I say this without an ounce of sarcasm, probably the single busiest person I know uh, these days. So first of all, thank you for taking time out of your incredibly hectic uh, schedule to talk about an old video game with me. I appreciate it. Oh yeah, man! I'll do this to get a break here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we won't get into Chris's personal life. Let's just say Chris is a busy guy these days. So, uh, thank you very much for doing this, man. And today, as I will have already explained for probably about a forty-minute intro, uh, we're talking River City Ransom for the classic original Nintendo Entertainment System, and then a whole bunch of other things afterwards. And uh, I had never played this game until it won our Patreon poll last month, and I played it on Twitch, and I literally got right to the last boss of the game on that three-hour Twitch stream and didn't realize I was at the last boss and quit and then beat it in like five minutes the next time I fired it up. Chris, prior to two weeks ago when I played this game for the first time, had you ever played River City Ransom? Yeah, this is actually an NES game I played back in the day. Oh, even as a Sega kid, you played River City Ransom. Yeah, I know a friend of mine had this and we played through it. Oh, so oh, so your friends had taste. You were the <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. I just there's my Sega dig. I'm done. Uh so you played this so I've never played this multiplayer. I just played it by myself. Uh I gotta listen, I'm not gonna crap all over this game because I know a lot of people like it. I'm so before I say my opinions on it, like my basic opinions, you said you played it as do you like it? Are you a fan? Yeah, no. I love yeah. it. I liked it, yeah. Like back in the day if Comparing this to like the Double Dragon games and the equivalents, like this blew it out of the water, man. Now I'll agree with that. Like I, I was saying it on my stream. Like my, the beat 'em up that comes to mind for me on the NES is is Ninja Turtles, like Turtles Two and Turtles Three. And I have more nostalgia for Turtles Two and Three just because I love uh, the Ninja Turtles. And I didn't play this growing up, but from a purely like mechanics uh, standpoint, I will give you that it is. It's it's. I don't know. Is deeper like I don't, is deeper the term? Would you is it deeper than the turtle? I guess it is, isn't it? I guess. Yeah, I'll give it that. Like, I mean, the combat really. I don't feel like the combat is really much deeper than the turtles games. There's only so much you can do with two buttons, right? Like on the NES, like what are you gonna? You can't put in twelve button combinations with A and B. Like, there's only so much you can fucking do. But like when it comes to buying food and 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 buying, you can um you could buy moves, right? You could buy books or something and get moves, like. Oh yeah, like I mean, this had like mechanics that were almost as deep as some RPGs of the time. Yeah, you're buffing characters and training them and stuff like that. So yeah, like so that was yeah, like so many people had described this game to me as like a beat 'em up RPG on the NES, and I was like, really? And then, and when I finally played it, um, I. Yeah, I guess it is. Cause, right? Oh, yeah, because you can, like, power up all your stats and stuff. You could make, like, you had, like, willpower or something. Like, did you know what any of these fucking stats meant as a kid? I, I'm honestly curious. Like, with the, did you guys, like, the instruction manual to help you? Or were you just on your own? I'm just curious. I, go ahead. Well, whenever I played it, it was on my own, and it was a buddy telling me, get this, do that, and you buffed your characters up as you went, so. Oh, so you, he was, like, a I guy. I guess it was, yeah, like, I was flying blind, but I guess whoever had it either had a manual or something that got him through, I guess, so. Okay, because, like. Yeah, but, 
I got to be honest, like when I fired it up on this, uh, when I was playing it on my, because I played it on my Switch on NES Online, and it was fun, but I, I found it very, very confusing. And one thing I'm slowly learning as I play more of these retro games that I've never played before is like, and dude, you're as big a gamer as me, so I don't know if you put this together or not, but like a lot of these games were designed to be played with the manual. Like, yeah, like today, every game has got like everything's a tutorial. Every time you pick up a new item or you go to a new area or anything, it like stops and it says, hey, push right trigger and triangle to fucking do that. These games like you go into stores and money is it's valuable in this game because every time you die, you lose half of it. And so it's not hard to find, but it's a grind to fucking go out and get some. And then you go into these stores and it just lets you buy books and food and some food you can take with you and some you can't. And I have no idea what the fuck anything does. No fucking idea what any of it does. So to have a friend talking you through it must have been a godsend, man. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, playing it blind now, it's just trial and error. And you waste so much time just trying to figure out what everything does. Yeah. And like in the trial and error. Yeah. And like then the trial and error isn't like it almost doesn't work because I don't know what it's doing. Like your stats are leveling up, but I don't know what the fuck, like willpower, your willpower goes up, but I'm like, well, what the fuck is willpower? And I can't blame the game for that. And it's something I'm learning because it, it expected me to read the fucking manual that doesn't come with it on the fucking NES online. Why, <laughs> dude, imagine Nintendo should add the fucking on the manuals to these games. Is that my crazy? That, is that? No, that would be nice because they were beautiful manuals too. So, oh, right. Whether, whether they had an app or something like that, that'd be so awesome just to have as a companion. God, I I used to like, were you, did you, I used to take like instruction manuals to school with me and I would read them in the bathroom and everywhere, just instruction manuals. It was like, I was just, like, that was my first smartphone. Instead of walking around looking on my smartphone all the time, like I do now, I would walk around just reading instruction manuals. Oh, yeah, man. we didn't bring our, we didn't bring our, our master system manuals to school. They, they were gross. <laughs> They're like a sickly blue and white, and that was about it. So <laughs> they'd be like, it'd be like if you were wearing a cord for a belt, and they'd be beating <laughs> you up because you had your master system manuals. Ah, fuck that made good stuff. Um, yeah. So uh, it needs it needs a manual. I just I gotta say, like everyone was up my ass. You gotta play River City Ransom. You gotta play River City Ransom. You and I, like at times. Over, well before this game won the Patreon poll, had discussed getting like playing River City Ransom together online, and just for whatever reason, we never got around to doing it because you're very busy with your personal life, and I uh, am I'm I'm good too. Uh, you're running a major industry, man. That's, that's yeah. busy stuff. Yeah, I am running an industry. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I am running an industry. So we never did get around to playing it. So I never played this until finally everyone got up my ass, and I got to be honest, it's good. It controls fairly tight. I do understand the RPG elements. Uh, if you don't have any nostalgia for this game, I don't. It's. I don't want to say it's overrated, but I don't think it's as special. Does that make? Is that? Does that make sense? Like, am I being a jerk? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, I mean, it's a, like you say, it's a three-hour game. It's not like you're losing anything if you play through it. It's, it's. No, not at all. But it's just like. To me, I always got the impression that people put this on the same level as like maybe not Mario, but like like Mike Tyson's Punch Out and like Contra and and you know what I'm talking about? Like those fucking creme de la creme NES games that aren't the Marios and stuff. And I'm yeah, playing... no, that's no. Go ahead. That's fair. Like it's not a one beat any of the one A's that you just mentioned. So yeah, that's. I think maybe it was just too overhyped to me. I went into it expecting it to be like on that echelon with like Mega Man and stuff like that second tier of Nintendo. 
And I shouldn't forget, like, Mega Man is some of my favorite games ever, but I'm not, I'm saying, like, outside of the Marios and stuff. And I just, I didn't, it didn't hit with me that way. That said, it's a great game. I haven't played a lot of Double Dragon in my life, but you nailed it. I think it, I think this game fucking laps Double Dragon. Like, laps it. Well, Double Dragon was just combat, and that was it, right? Like, yeah. And frankly, I don't think the combat in Double Dragon is, it's not bad, but I don't think it's, I think the combat in River City Ransom is better. Yeah, no, it's definitely deeper. There's more to it. Yeah, and it's and one thing, maybe my favorite thing about this game is uh, it, it it sounds stupid to say about an NES game. This game looks really fucking good, man. Look, this was later in the life cycle, right? Like maybe even close to the end, if I'm not mistaken. I just looked it up to see eighty nine. So okay, I would have guessed it was later than that because, like, I know I know you're a gotcha. huge Kirby fan. So, <laughs> uh, but like i think like listen whether you like kirby or not like the fact remains kirby's adventure is a gorgeous nes game like it's one of the yeah. best looking nes games but i'm playing this and i'm like dude to me this looks almost as good as kirby's event obviously it's a little bit more blocky and less uh detailed like our you know it doesn't look as much like a cartoon but like there's no confusion as to what anything is in this game. Well, like covered in three shades of brown everywhere you go. Like there's an actual detailed city to it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, and that's another thing is like, I actually really enjoy how the world of this game is not that big and you can traverse the entire thing. Like, yeah, you go place to place and different areas are populated differently. And yeah, like are empty even. So it's almost, it's, um, I don't, I, it, I guess it is. It's almost like an open world NES game. <laughs> <laughs> the pioneer of the open world concept right eh? it's funny because you and i right before we started the podcast we're talking about how like we're both a little burnt out on open world games because they're so big and it's so funny to think that this was an open world game on the nes and i beat it having never played it before in three hours like but it was i explored the whole world because it's not like a giant open world you basically just go left to right left to right left to right occasionally you can go up to the top of the screen um and going to like the zoo or or fucking a building or whatever but i really like that how you can just go back and forth and you explore this whole world and you got to find all these bosses and stuff it um i i i think this would have been i frankly i think this would have been more fun to play as a kid than as an adult if that makes sense it it had the right balance too like you didn't get lost per se like it's not like you're looking for some obscure like oh that's a door i didn't know that or anything like that like it's a pretty I guess fair world to get around in. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, dude. The only time I ever got for lost quote unquote is near the end when you go into the school or whatever, you're in like that gym and you have to climb yeah. up on the saw on the, on the, like the, 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 the bleachers or the saw horses or whatever they are. And then jump up onto the basketball hoop and then jump onto that top layer. And it's like, all of that seems like it should just be in the background and I shouldn't have to interact with it at all. And then it turns out I have to climb on it. And that really, I'm not angry about it, but that was the only time that I really got a little bit confused as to where I was supposed to go. Um, Because it just doesn't seem like that's something you should be able to interact with. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, no, that's fair. And the thing about it is like, because there's another part where you have to climb. It's when you're in the factory. Is it, or whatever it is. Remember that warehouse near the end of the park? And you, you, you yeah, go in, yeah, yeah. and then you have to go up to the second floor, and then across like to the to the to the left side of the building, and then down to the bottom floor. But to me, that made it very obvious. Like, oh, clearly, I have to. Like, I've played a video game before. I know I have to climb up there. Whereas in that school, I didn't realize I had to climb up there, and I found it just a little bit. Again, just 
confusing and then trying to stick those jumps. Uh, oh, oh, and that fucking jump in that, fu- you knew it was coming, that fucking jump in that fucking warehouse over that giant gap where you have to backtrack. And I was playing it online and I was like, what the fuck? I can't make this jump. And all of you were in the Twitch stream being like, oh uh, yeah, you got to make that jump. I was so angry in that moment. Like, like, ah, uh, did you beat, did you and your friends beat this as a kid? Oh yeah, like this was a game you could be like at a sleepover over the course of a night. So oh, oh, so that's yeah, what we ended up doing. So, so you fucking kids were able to figure it out, but thirty-seven-year-old <laughs> fucking gaming veteran Adam could it figure out this job? Did you guys like? Ah, uh, did you struggle with it? Like, is there anywhere you got stuck at all? Am I stupid? Not really, but I think that was also because my buddies have already played it, right? So I mean, they knew where to go, what to do, kind of. They were more or less walking me through it just for the experience. Yeah, that's uh, f- fuck. You. And then like starting out, I mean, like it's true. Like if you're, you know, it's kind of hard to tell you. You can jump into the background onto a ledge and walk up there and grab things too, because everything's so flat and linear, right? Like there's not really anything sticking out in a 3D way or anything. So yeah, and I found that a little bit. I don't want to say it detracts from it, but like the art style. Because again, to, to my my personal favorite thing about this entire video game is the art style. I think it looks obviously. I I have to assume this is from the same uh, people that made uh, Super Dodgeball because it looks well, like like are you, this whole series. There's a, there's a ton of games and like these are called the Kunio Kun games. Like in Japan, there's probably 15 different games in this art style from the NES days. Oh really? Oh yeah, like there's sports games. Like another game on the NES is Crash and the Boys play that if you ever want to play like a fun like it's like a pretty much a excuse me river city ransom olympics kind of game does it have crash bandicoot if it's crashing the boys no thank god <laughs> i just know your disdain for my <laughs> beloved bandicoot oh i didn't even know that like i'm looking at this game when i was playing it and i was like well this is clearly like super dodgeball is identical like it looks identical yeah, like the same character models across all the games. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which I actually now that I I did not know that. So so you said these what is it called? Kunoi Kun? Kunio Kun. Kunio Kun. Do the characters look the same in all of these games? Oh yeah, like there's a hockey game where they all look like the same character model. There's a basketball one. There's a soccer one. Really? What the? Yeah. Fuck? There's a few different beat 'em ups. Like <laughs> it's crazy. Where have I been? You're the Sega kid, and you're teaching me about NES games that are I didn't even know. Fucking it. What? What the fuck? All right. I mean, you know your NES. I'm not saying you don't. It's just I always make fun of you for being a Sega kid. And I'm like, well, here I am. Shut my mouth. I don't even know who's on my own fucking team. Because I love that look. Like, I I actually would love to make, like, a shirt or something, uh, like, of me designed in the in this art style. Because I just – it's so basic, like, the way they're blocky. But it just works for some reason. It, you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. it like, like, it's cartoony but not stupid cartoony almost like cartoony lego man yes like cartoon lego man fucking exactly that's exactly what they look like and it's so dope i'm looking at the box art right now and the two guys on the cover of the box art like are clearly they actually look a lot like me and you they're both jacked young good looking guys there's nothing you know (laughs) um but then you look at them in the in the video game and they have those huge eyes and the square heads and i love the fucking art style in this game i love it well, there's nothing funnier when they get punched too, and it looks like they got hit by a car, but their head hasn't turned yet. And... Oh yeah, yeah, like their bodies like bent. Oh fuck yes. Oh, and you know, oh, and let's get into the combat. I love the way that you can like. I mean, obviously, there's weapons and stuff. As is, you know, if you make a beat 'em up game and don't give people weapons to use, then your beat 'em up sucks. For the re- for everyone's record, uh, I think we can all agree on that. 
Um, but the, the way that you can like pick up enemies and throw them at each other and, and stuff like that. It's so fucking cheap when they do it to you. So fucking cheap, <laughs> dude. That's such garbage. They hit you once, knock you down and then just pick you up and keep throwing you and you can't get up. Fuck. I was getting angry, but when you do it to them and you throw them at each other, it is fucking hilarious. And you nailed well, it. Their facial expressions are perfect. Well, oh. the whole combat animation hilarious. Like, you pick up a garbage can, and you just swing it like a 90-degree angle, like a pretty much a whack-a-mole, and smash people with it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I love some of the weapons in this game. And, like, the way that they come running at you with some of the weapons, like the brass knucks and the chains and, and stuff like that. But then you hit them once, and they get that goofy... It almost... It kind of, like, I know this is going to sound stupid because Punch-Out looks cartoony, but it almost looks like a cartoony version of Punch-Out. Like, you know how animated <laughs> some of the boxers get when you hit them in Punch-Out? That's kind of how they look in this game when you're beating them up, except squished <laughs> down and, and squared. And so you hit them, and they get these stupid looks on their faces, and then you pick up their weapons, and then, and I love that the weapons, like, they're so plentiful. Like, it, you never run out if you don't want to. Um, so they're not like a treat to find. They're always laying. Frankly, I found the game incredibly difficult without weapons. Um, yeah, no, you need that extra boost or else it, just, it takes forever to beat them up normal. So oh, dude, you got to have something to yes. arm with. Or... Especially some of the bosses because I don't find the bosses in this game very difficult. The twins in the school a little bit, but you every boss in the game, right up to the end boss in the game, uh, as long as you can pin them down with a weapon and then just keep hitting them as they get up, they they don't hurt you like it's so it's it becomes it becomes ridiculously easy it's not about whether or not you can beat them before they beat you it's just about getting them down do you know what i mean yeah. like just knocking them down once and then you're good um, oh for sure yeah once they're down just keep on them and... and then just hammer them yeah exactly i like that i like the uh how simple the combat is the punch kick jump and then how you can upgrade those attacks i remember everyone telling me to buy dragon feet when i was playing it like the book and again, without an instruction manual, I'm like, how the fuck would you ever know what Dragon Feet is? Like, it's a book. Like, what? What is that? But all it does is makes your, your I think it just makes your kick stronger or something. Is that what it, I think it was just something like that. It does, I think so, yeah. Yeah. So like you upgrade a couple of your attacks, find weapons, and then it just becomes button mashing fun. And you basically just run around this town looking for the leaders of all these different gangs and beating them up. Uh, um, and they all look basically the same. Like a couple of them are bigger, but it's basically just everyone that moves, just fucking attack them. Just everyone that moves, swing weapons at them. Um, and it's just really simple, basic fun. I would love to see this game remade today. Um, and did you, well, there was a spiritual successor. Uh, river city girls is pretty much this game, except you're two female protagonists. And then it's got like the exact same, like goofy combat, even the same death animations souped up for today, but right. And I was going to ask you that because you've played, uh, you played. Did you play River City Girls? Uh, quite a bit of way through, yeah. Okay, is it is it set in the same world or is it just like a spiritual successor? Uh, same world. Like uh, I think you're in the you're in the school to start. So oh, okay. You fight your way out of there, like. And then like the boss battles in that game actually take a little bit of skill. Like you have to kind of plan out an attack and. Oh. Find weakness and hammer in that way so it's oh. like it's pretty much a it's a really good successor to river city ransom like if you were to make that game today that'd be it right right they kind of nailed it so like i'm floored like am i i'm not like me i'm i was gonna say i'm not stupid am i but i'm i'm a little stupid but like have they i don't think they've made like a like I, i'm floored they never made like a river city ransom 2 or anything like no, they I, 
it kind of fell by the wayside once 3d came along i think right but like there's a i mean like i mean like turtle i mean look i and i i'm sorry i keep bringing up ninja turtles guys but it's just whenever i think of beat em ups that's the first thing i think of is ninja turtles and it's like we had the beat em up we had the, the turtles beat em ups on the nes and then we had turtles in time on the Super Nintendo, which just looked like a juiced up Super Nintendo version of the NES games. And I'm floored we didn't get like a, I don't know, like a fucking Super River City Ransom. Like, because I think that would yeah, have been really cool. On, it never went on to the, uh, the SNES, that's right. Eh? Like, and I don't know why. Like, is it, I mean, I, I, I never played this game as a kid, so I don't have the attachment that a lot of people do. But, I mean, you said you played it as a kid. So many people, I mean, it won our Patreon poll for a reason. So many people played this game growing up. So many people yeah. did. I, I don't I maybe it didn't sell. I don't know. I it was kind of felt like it was a niche title. Like for as much as everyone's played it, I don't like it was never really widely like it wasn't in the wizard, right? So it's Double Dragon was <laughs> their player. So yeah, touche. <laughs> Dude, it's funny though, because like I'm looking on their Wikipedia page right now, and um in two different uh like gaming websites. It was named the seventh best NES game of all time and the eleventh best NES game of all time. And I promise you, Chris, without clicking on those lists, there's not a beat 'em up ahead of it. I promise you. Like, what beat 'em up would be ahead of River City Ransom in the top ten NES games ever? Like, it's gonna, it's got to be the best beat 'em up on the system, at least as far as legacy goes. Has to be, other than maybe the Turtles games. Yeah, like I can't think of really any other ones that would touch it. Like Double Dragon can't be anywhere near either of those. Can't so. be. I double dude double dragon. I mean, I'm not sh- completely shitting on double dragon because I don't hate double dragon, but that game, its legacy is more in the name than it is in the in the game itself. Has to be right. Like people just know the name double dragon. And even um, that, I think it was an arcade game that was ported over. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, because look at look at yeah. limited success maybe. Right. Whereas River City Ransom, like I'll be honest with you, it does like it's not like double dragon is a catchy name. Like that sounds cool, do you know? And River City Ransom to me is not a memorable name. So I could understand how some people would have skipped over it. Uh, but that's what I'm saying is I don't understand because it seems like no one, it seems like I feel like I'm the only fucking kid that didn't grow up playing this game. Like you, even you fucking did. I'm like, no offense. <laughs> but again, like you said, like you went to your buddy's place and they, they played it. And on the stream, everyone was either like, I own this game growing up or I rented this game like crazy growing up. And I'm like, where the fuck was I? Where the fuck was this game? It looks like something that I would play. I don't even remember hearing of this game when I was a kid. Um, and I'm floored that nothing else has come of it because it it seems like there's a market for it. It looks good. The the I I like the I would love to see them improve the the RPG like in a remake or a sequel or something. Make the RPG stuff a little deeper. Oh, because that was another thing that fucked with me was that your your health at the top of the screen. I was just so trained mentally to think that like, well, that's my health bar. And when I get hit, my health bar goes down. But I guess it was like, and and maybe I'm talking out of my ass and I'm wrong, but it wasn't as simple as that. It had something to do with how much HP you had or your health or something. And it was like a, a barometer compared to your, the statistical, like you're right. There's, there's fucking final fantasy fucking shit inside <laughs> river city ransom here. It's very deep. Um, yeah, like you wouldn't think so for an NES beat 'em up, right? Because you think there's only so much they could do just to get it off the ground. But yeah, like honestly, I'm I'm a little bit floored that they put the RPG elements in because again, on the NES, it seems like all you really had to do, like imagine, dude, imagine River City Ransom, the exact same game, but they just take out those RPG elements and maybe make it a touch longer instead. 
but it's just the exact same exact same control same graphics same storyline same open world everything they just get rid of the rpg mechanics it, it probably would have been fine i don't i can't imagine like when you were playing it with your friends was there a huge emphasis on the rpg elements or was it more about just beating people up honestly i'm just curious I'd say it's more about the beat up. Like I think we kind of knew the two or three things that were must haves just to make the game easier. But other than that, like we weren't too focused on any of the stats at the time. Like we were only a few seven, eight years old, kind of. So right, but like yeah, exactly. But that was who the NES's demographic was back then too, right? It was yeah. little little Adam and little Chris. Um, <laughs> no sausage for little Homer. Um, but yeah, like that's that's who the focus was on. So like I, I would love to know why they decided to put rpg elements in it like instead of just making it as another beat em up like i wonder yeah like i just i don't know why that is like i'm, I'm yeah it's not like they're competing against anyone for that kind of space in the gaming world really like no right and dude if i'm not mistaken uh i don't believe the original final fan well i know i think the original final fantasy sold fairly well but like it wasn't like a Again, you know, it's not like they were like they saw, you know, for, and I'm pulling the original Final Fantasy out of my ass, but like an RPG. It's not like they saw some RPG that was flying off the shelves at like a Mario 3 clip and was like, holy fuck, we have to do that in our game. You know what I mean? It wasn't one of those. Yeah, like it wasn't. RPGs were barely a thing in consoles. Yeah. I'm floored. And it's so funny because now, I, I mean, I think of games like Marvel Ultimate Alliance that are kind of beat em up RPGs. And it's like, I would love more games like that now love more games like that now but back then i'm like i i couldn't if i had played this as a kid i would have i i gotta be honest i don't think i like you said your friends you were like well this is what you got to get this make sure you buy this move or get this food or whatever i would have been like i just want to fight i don't care about reading all that just let me beat people up that's all i want to do did you uh did you guys get the sword uh i don't think so it doesn't ring a bell i fucking one of the ah oh, who was it Ah, I want to say Michael Mathis. My apologies if I'm naming the wrong person. Somebody that was in our Twitch stream the night I was playing it was like, yo, if you go into, there's a part right after you go through the warehouse and then you're in like a dark, you're in like a, in a, like a tunnel, like a car tunnel. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like an underpass or something. And he's like, if you walk along the top of the screen, eventually you go into this like secret store where you can buy like a sword for like a hundred bucks and then you come out with the sword and then you're just working everyone. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah. But then I died and lost it and lost half my money and had no money left. And then I was just fucking livid. And it gives you passwords, but the passwords... Oh my God, dude, is this a game where the passwords are like 400 letters? There are Bitcoin passwords that are shorter than this. (laughs) I just Like, I don't know who on earth could have ever wrote that all down. River City Ransom Password. I'm just looking up a River City... Oh my God, you guys, so... I'm, I swear to God, this is uh, start with all abilities and $500 in cash. And some of these letters are uppercase and some are lowercase. J-R-Y-P-L-F-T-G-B-D-J space N-O-O-R-L-T-I-Y-X-W-R space S-J-T-U-Q-P-I-L-U-H-B. What? And there's longer passwords than that in here. Who the fuck? Who the fuck? You like you said. And Chris, how long is this game to beat it? Oh, like, yeah, three to five hours. Three oh. hours. It takes you three hours to put this password in. Who the fuck? Who the fuck invented this? I I accidentally loaded up the password screen while I was playing through it, and I was like, "What the fuck?" I thought I broke the game. 
<laughs> because the screen the screen just goes to a bunch of random letters and i thought i'd like hacked it or something and i was like no that's the password system no, well, oh my god and battery backup existed like zelda already had that years ago yes thank you now listen if we're gonna sit on games without putting battery packs in the mario brothers 3 should always be at the top of that list i'll fucking as a Nintendo diehard, I will give Mario 3 should have been there. But you're right. This game, if you're like, yo, this game's only three hours long. It doesn't need battery saves. Then what the fuck? What the fuck is up with these? Oh, my God. Dude, these passwords are, like, bigger than my screen. Who did this? Like someone fell asleep at a keyboard and just, like, their head landed there. and Yes, that's what it looks like. It these passwords, you know, when you're a computer, I don't know, like... You know when your computer offers to randomly generate a password for you and it's just a bunch of words and or letters and numbers? That's what these look like. And the thing about it is like, sure, uh, being able to have access to like some power-ups and stuff is fucking great. And I get that, especially because this game, one thing about this game is you have to grind for fucking money if you want to buy stuff. Grind. And it's just, it's kind of boring, the grinding for money, because all you do is like, beat up a guy, beat up a guy, beat up a guy, they drop coins, they drop coins, and you get like 25 cents each or fucking something like that. It feels like a game out of like 1950 where it's like 25 cents. Maybe that's why it was a three to five hour game. You had to spend that one hour for your password, one hour to grind, and then three hours for the game. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) exactly. Um, So I, I understand, like originally I was like, why the fuck does this game even need passwords? It's three hours long. But then I'm thinking like, you know what? If you're really grinding and you're trying to buy all the power-ups, like all the different moves or the sword or whatever, uh, then I kind of get it. You know, I could get wanting a password, you know, like it's mom says you got to go to school or something like that. But like <laughs> some of these passwords are longer than the 26 letters of the alphabet. Who the fuck decided these? I... I remember I forgot all about that till I fired it up. And I was like, holy shit. And if you, I mean, we've all been there, Chris. I'm sure you were there too. If you wrote one letter down wrong, you were fucked. Oh, yeah. Like if a Nets became a five or if you had a oh, God. B8 or anything like that. Uh, and then like, Ooh. I can't, oh, uh, I can just feel my gamer rage like building inside of me because it's like, oh, mom says, hey, Adam, you got to go to school. So I'm like, oh, fuck, fine. So I get the password. I got to quickly write this password down and then I go to school. And then that night I fire my game up. It takes me 15 minutes to enter this fucking 40 character password. And then it says the password didn't work. So now my first thought is, did I accidentally put an S in instead of a five? Did I accidentally write one letter? You might as well just start over. It would, after one attempt at getting these passwords right, you'd be better off just starting over. Instead of fucking trying to guess one of these passwords again. Holy Grind right back to where you started from, yeah. Right back to square one again. Yeah, I agree. I don't... Fuck me. The pa- Fucking what an obnoxious <laughs> thing. Fuck the passwords. Um, did you ever play it two-player? Or did you only ever play it solo with your buddies telling you around? Oh, we played two-player. Is it... Would you... I'm just... Because I've never played a two-player. Is it better or worse, you think? Is it... A lot of people said they thought it'd be more fun with another person. It was fun, but it has that stupid friendly fire mechanic behind it where you can punch each other. Oh, really? And that's that's annoying, right? When you're in the heat of battle, if you're down to that last little bit of life and you're punch, hate- punch, punch, and you hit your body and... Oh, I hate that. Like, I don't mind it if you want to put friendly fire in a beat-em-up, but you remember how most games had the, like, you could play one player, you could play two-player mode A or two-player mode B, 
and one of yeah. them was friendly fire was on and one was friendly fire off why on earth would anybody want to play one of these games with friendly fire on ever yeah it should at least be an option at the very at the very worst oh fuck the only good thing about having that would be if you wanted to fight each other on purpose which is what we ended up doing half the time too. <laughs> clear the enemies and then just beat on each other. Yeah, yeah, bit. yeah. I told you you wrote the password down wrong. What? And then you fight over the password. <laughs> um, yeah, I think... Like, I'm not... I'm not trying to pick my words carefully because it's my fucking podcast. I can say my opinion however the fuck I want. But the thing about it is, like, I know how special this game is to people and I don't think this is a bad game. I just... I If you don't have those nostalgic ties to it, I'm telling you, like, I've played a lot of video games in my time, and I like beat-em-ups, and I played it, and I was like, this is fine, but, and and I think this is the case with a lot of NES games, other than the, those crown jewels, like the Marios and the Mega Mans, is, like, the nostalgia is just such a huge factor in these games. Like, if you had never played this, Chris, imagine if this was released as an indie game today, okay? Imagine this never existed on the NES, and it just dropped on the eShop, and you somehow miraculously found it amongst the 7,496 other indie games on the eShop. Uh, I, like, I think you'd be like, oh, this is a little meh. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's nothing, like now, well, today, I mean, there's nothing special about it if it's a new release, but... Like, I'm sure it was, know, yeah. yeah. I swear beat-em-ups and nostalgia, though, they go hand-in-hand, hand, right? Like, look at the Simpsons arcade game, huh. look at... Yeah, great. Like yes. any of them, right? They're... They're really not aged well. No, I, you know what? I think you're right, dude. I think beat-em-ups as a whole are a very, like you said, it's uh, to to want to continuously play a beat-em-up today from the old days, for the most part, you've got to have nostalgic ties to it. Like, I, I adore the Ninja Turtles, and I can play those games like Turtles 2, Turtles 3, and Turtles in Time. I could play them once every four or five years, and by the time I'm done playing them, I'm bored. And I love yeah. turtles, but I'm bored. Like the only beat 'em up retro beat 'em up I think of that I, I could play over and over and over again is uh and it pains me to say it because I'm a Nintendo kid, but it's, it's Streets of Rage. It's it's Streets of Rage. Streets of Rage, those games are fucking fantastic. They're so good. Recorded. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's on public record now. But you're right. I and you know what? I, and thank you. Actually, you worded that perfectly. You worded that better than I could. Nostalgia does go like anyone could pick up pick up you know mario 3 and play it for the first time and just it still holds up today it's still a fun game to play or punch out or contra or mega man whereas the beat-em-up series double dragon battle toads turtles this if you don't have like it's one thing if it takes you back to being a kid again but if you're just experiencing it for the first time at the end of the day dude you're just mashing b and jumping occasionally that's really all you're doing and it gets a little. This is a genre that has evolved a lot. Like, I mean, like they pretty much all any beat 'em up nowadays pretty much is an RPG light. It's yeah. all about buffing your characters and, in a yeah. lot of cases, interacting with the different characters to. Yeah, you're right. A lot, of, dude. Another thing is like, yeah, you're. you're I mean, you're right because a lot of the old beat 'em ups were were arcade games first, like you said, like Double Dragon and and Turtles and those games and Simpsons. Uh, those games are designed to take your money. Like they're designed to kill you. They're designed for you to just mash a couple of buttons with your friends and die so you can pump more money into it. And uh, and you know what? That's a great point, Chris. Is a lot of beat em ups today are kind of RP. And I maybe I'm maybe I'm selling River City Ransom a little short because I think it deserves some credit for I, I mean, I don't know. I don't think it's an exaggeration to say I guess maybe it trailblazed beat em ups a little bit. Um Yeah, that's fair. Like maybe it was like a 
I don't want to say it was like what Final Fantasy is to RPGs. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to say that it was the first one, but it kind of is the first one to really let you buff your characters and tweak them a little. And and obviously there's only two or three things you can do other than buy food is you could fucking... Oh, and you could get naked and go for spas with an old man. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot all about that. That's the highlight of this game for me. I just kept taking my guy to the spa. I would fight till I had $3 and then go back to the old man's spa and just go for a rub down with the old guy in the showers. There's um, a ton of quirky stuff to this game. Like there's that, there's the, when you kill the characters, they go, some of them barf and keel oh, yeah. over on them. <laughs> yes. Oh, Chris, I forgot all about that. It has the little text at the bottom where everyone says what's happening. And yeah, they, oh, fuck yeah, they barf. Who barf? <laughs> so you get beaten up unconscious where you you disappear. Like it's you, that's what happens when you die is you fade off and you remember, face, remember me as a puker. Yeah. Yeah. And it's your last word is barf. And then you disappear. I fucking <laughs> forgot all about, dude, I wish more games back then. Fuck. What was the game? Tecmo world wrestling. We reviewed it on the show a while back and the play by play guy is calling the matches while you're playing in text on the bottom. I wish more games had done that back then. That's a fucking great touch. It was a pretty easy one. It's like you had to program a ton of crap in to make that happen, right? Like it's just a few lines of code probably just to make them say one quick word. Or... Yeah, I can't imagine it's that hard at all. I think that's a great fucking... I forgot all about that, man. That's fucking good shit. <laughs> I remember laughing about that as I was playing. I was like, why are these guys all puking? They all just keep throwing... They either... I make guys puke and then I take their quarters and I give them to an old man so I can get naked and go for a rub down in China. Or wherever the fuck it, I don't know. I don't know where the fuck they are. Um, yeah, I love that shit. Oh, I forgot all about that. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know. You've kind of changed my mind a little bit because I don't hate this game at all. I just, I found it kind of good, but man, like just kind of, like, it was like, all right, I beat it. I'm done. I never have to play that again. But if you had grown well, up playing it, I could totally get it. It'd be different. You mentioned Battletoads. How would you compare it to that? Well, I don't know. I mean... It's hard to well, okay, no, you I know what? Battletoads is really unique with a lot of it's just beat 'em up mechanics, let alone throwing in any RPG stuff in, right? Like, yeah, Battletoads doesn't have any of the RPG mechanics, but the thing I like about Battletoads is that each it's, and I don't know if this is better or worse, but like River City Ransom, other than going through that giant open world, is is the same game for three hours, right? Like it is. You're just yeah. you know you're basically even fighting the same enemies over and over and over again, whereas in Battletoads. Like the first level you fight, then the second level you're on a rope going down through a tree, and then the third level you're on a speed bike, and then the fourth level you're on an ice world, and that's as far as anyone's ever got in the history of Battletoads. <laughs> so I don't know what lies after that. So like in that case, I like the way that like, frankly, Battletoads is is not. I, I don't want to say Battletoads isn't as good as River City Ransom because they're they are different. The combat in Battletoads uh, is ass compared to the combat in river city ransom because it doesn't control very well that's my biggest beef with battletoads is i think it controls like shit whereas I, frankly i think one of my favorite things about river city ransom outside of the graphics is just how like snare drum tight the controls are in that game and they're very basic yeah. they're very basic but that's fine they work give me basic controls that work over complicated controls that suck you know what i mean yeah um, and this game is super tight like the collision detection in it is perfect. You never wonder if you hit somebody or didn't hit somebody. It's easy to run. Uh, oh, 
fucking speaking of running, this game is bullshit <laughs> when the fucking bad guys come running in from the side of the screen and hit you and you don't even have a chance. <laughs> oh, that's such bullshit. And you don't even have a chance to fucking react. Oh, I was getting so angry because I was so close to getting knocked out. So I was desperately trying to get back to a town so that I could go to some fucking weird store and buy some food to try to power up. And then as I'm trying to get back to town, fucking random bad guys would just come running in off screen and knock me down and kill me. Oh, and then I lose half my fucking bullshit. Fuck this game. Now I'm back to hating <laughs> this fucking game again. That is crap. That is, oh, that fucking used to piss me off. The fucking running in bullshit. <laughs> oh fuck. I dude, I don't think I've ever reviewed a game on the show where my mind has changed more in 40 minutes than it has in this fucking game. <laughs> my brain just keeps going back. Oh, and then one other thing, Chris, before we wrap this up, and I uh I let you get back to your, your crazy busy life, is um is it the the final bad guy? Who the fuck is it? It's like someone from another game or something. I'm looking it up right uh. now. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. I'm just trying to remember. It's slick. Uh, here it is. It turns out, uh, yes, slick. Uh, so the final boss is slick, uh, AKA Simon. And then this, the game FAQ I looked up here says, ah, oh, yes, slick turns out to be none other than Simon famous of double dragon fame. That doesn't, you can't, that's not proper English famous of double dragon fame, but, uh, um, yeah. So he's like one of the bad guys from double dragon. Apparently what? Huh. How? How the fuck is that? What? Is is River City Ransom? They're not made from the same people that made Double Dragon. Well, it's like for this, um, because I mentioned those Kunio Kun games, like they're sold on the Switch as a package with the Double Dragon games. So maybe they are. They're made by the same company, Technos in Japan. So oh, maybe they were. Oh, like because they're completely different art styles. But yeah, you're right. I am fucking learning today. Well, shit. Holy fuck, yeah, dude. I just clicked on that Kunio ku, ku the thing, the, the word you said. And uh yeah, fuck, dude. They did make a lot of games. What? <laughs> they just kept puking out games. Well, uh, let's <laughs> you know what this looks like? This looks like River City Ransom. Like these characters were like the first Mario. Cause you know how Mario's in everything now? Like Mario Baseball, Mario Tennis, Mario Kart, <laughs> Mario Party, Mario at the Olympics, Mario this. That's what this looks like. Like the River. City Dodgeball All-Stars, Downtown Smashball, River City Sports Challenge, River City Soccer Hooligans. <laughs> Holy shit. It's Tokyo Rumble. Wow. These games play hilariously. Like, if you're playing the basketball one, like, you'll just run down the court and just bop a guy, take the ball, and shoot a basket. Like, God damn. And the ice hockey's pretty much the same way. It, they're hilarious. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look up some of these games because I just, I really adore the art style of this game. And I would love to play more games in this fucking art style. These look so cool. Well, if there's one you want to play on the NES that was actually released in the U.S., try Crash in the Boys Street Challenge. Crash it's this art Boys. style. Yeah, it's this art style, and it's like a pretty much a Street Olympics game. It's hilarious. It's fun. Oh, yeah, right here. Crash in the Boys Street Challenge. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. I'll fucking I'll hold you to that. Are the passwords as fucking long in Crash in the Boys? Oh, like, because this one, you don't even need a password. Like, it's just five different events. You can play through this in about an hour. Oh, okay. Okay. And it's one of those, like, you'll play through it once, and then you'll probably want to play with a buddy, because it's hilarious trying to knock each other out. And... Fuck yeah. All right. All right. Well, I'll look it up. All right. Well, this is, boy, for, I, I dude, I guarantee you, there are some people listening to this that have no idea what we're talking about, and there are some people listening to this that know everything about this franchise, and they're like, no, that's not, it's this, and this, and it's this, and that's just why it looks like this, and all their heads are squares because of this gamers, and I, I'm like, I'm sorry, guys, we tried, all right? I don't know. Chris knows more about this than me. I don't know anything about it. Now it makes sense. Now I got to play Crash and the Boys. 
which sounds like the original Crash Bandicoot. That's what I'm going to keep calling it for now. Just to if only piss this you was off. the original Crash Bandicoot. What's that? If only it was the original Crash Bandicoot. Oh, fuck you. Crash Bandicoot's fucking awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, interesting game, man. I don't hate it. I just... I get why people love it. I just, it's one of, I think it's one of those games where the nostalgia really helps it out. Um, but that yeah, said, definitely. yeah, that said it's on every, I think it's on the Wii U virtual console. Um, it's on the switch on NES online. It's pretty readily available. It's three hours of your time. I suggest trying it out. If anything, like this was one of those things that I just felt like I had to play for the sake of, um, like, ch- ch- uh, filling in that spot on my bingo card. Do you know what I mean? Like, it just feels like a, if you're an NES fan, this just feels like one of those games that you have to play, you know? Yeah, if you're going in blind, take it with a grain of salt. I mean, it's, what's 30-some years old now, so... Just make sure you get to the second or third town and then go to the spa. And then for $3, you can get naked with the old man. And Where else can you do that nowadays? Yeah, exactly. Dude, I can't even do that in fucking a current game. So I want to... Next time this game's in Play 1, Remake 1, Erase 1, I'm going to say Remake it just so that I can flush out that scene more. And just give it more detail and camera angles and shade and stuff like that. Um, okay, we got to score this fucking thing. How the hell are we going to score this thing? A lot of 60 password characters. How oh, Chris! Fucking, that might be, yes, spot on. So on a scale of 1 to 60 characters for a password, <laughs> what a great, yes. Uh, what would you give River City Ransom? <laughs> then, and now, then and now I'll give it a 50. What, sorry, what? I'll give it a 50 out of 60. 50 characters out of 60 for your password yeah i'll go all right um yeah you know what yeah i'll probably go around uh, i'll go 40 45 my thing with this game is i feel like it's i can see why so many people love it it just to me it's it's me does that make sense i'm not shitting on it i'm just like yeah it's fine yeah, I, I, I give it a c uh but i understand why most people it's like a b plus so oh. i i get it uh, I'm giving it a 50 out of 60 because I forgot what the last 10 characters were already. So. <laughs> uh, you wrote three of them down wrong. Uh, <laughs> and then Keeks tried to give you... No, anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, good stuff, dude. Uh, fuck, maybe we, one of these nights, you and I... Now, even though you and I said we were going to do it a long time ago and never did it, one of these nights, you and I will sit down and have a couple beers. And we'll never be allowed to see each other again because of the world uh, situation. But we'll play it over the internet with each other and uh, and we'll put it on where we can hurt each other and we'll just have... We'll finally have it out. We'll finally settle, yeah, settle it once and for all. Forget ice hockey. It's time to move on. Let's go. Yeah, fuck. Yeah. yeah. Uh, good stuff, buddy. Thank you so much for taking time out of your, your busy schedule to give me a call to talk River City oh, Ransom. Always, man. Thanks for having me. going to do it for this week's episode chris thank you for giving me a call and talking a little river city ransom and the history of that entire franchise and developer and everything with me i actually learned a lot on this week uh and thank you to every single one of you for listening to our voices if you're hearing my voice in your head right now uh i appreciate you more than you could possibly imagine and if you appreciate me and if you enjoy what i do if you like remember the game or game patch or just my stupid face whatever 
please consider supporting me on Patreon. I know I, I plug it every week, but I have to. It's only $2. It's like three cents a podcast for all the extra podcasts you get. New ones are coming out every Sunday. You'll get a shout out on the show. You can submit comments, pick games we cover, get access to our Discord, a bunch of other stuff. This Sunday's episode of Expansion Pass uh, is going to be our gaming predictions for 2021. And there's over 50 additional podcasts waiting for you over there as well. So if you're interested in those, patreon.com slash remember the game. It's only two bucks. I have a PO box. It's remember the game. P.O. Box 69181, Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, T6Victor1, Gary7. Just shoot me a postcard or a letter, something small. Let me know where you're listening, where in the world you're listening from, and I will send you something back, and we'll be pin pals, or pen pals, and pin pals? No, pin pals was the Simpsons. Pen pals is the writing one. I'd rather be pin pals, but we can't bowl together because of COVID. So pin, pen pals, whatever. Send me a postcard. And uh, check me out on Twitch. I'm over there Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday night. Look for Member the Game over on Twitch. It's free. You can just come by. It's a really good community. Everyone pretty well just makes fun of my horrible gameplay, and I get really angry on camera. And it's a lot of fun. And that's going to do it. Game Patch 22.0. We'll hit the internet Friday morning for our Patreons, Monday and all free feeds. Uh, Expansion Pass number 43 will drop on Sunday. And I will be back in seven days with episode 133 of this little weed of a podcast of ours. Remember the game. Thanks for listening, everybody. And I will talk to you again soon. Cheers. Remember the Game is brought to you by our Patreons. I could not produce all the content that I'm churning out every week without your support. So I would like to take a moment to fuck up a bunch of your names and thank every single person that has supported us over at patreon.com slash remember the game this month. So a huge thank you to the Honest Pokemon Trainer, Bracken Newcomb, Zoo Troy, Mfelf, Aaron Lawson, Adam Anderson, Adam Beasley, Adam Oshirello, Alan C., Alex Martinez, Amy Gillen, Andre, Andrew Wright, Andy Baker, April Zane, Arpad Bodos, Ashley Cronenbitter, Badar Barhumi, Ben Bouya, Ben Boucha, Ben Barlow, Bradley McHugh, Brandon O'Brien, Brian McKay, Brian Medeiros, Brian Ransom, Bullfrog, Charlie M., Chris Campbell, Chris Fleury, Chris Wilson, Christopher Russell, Chuck Schlarp, Corey, Craig Rudd, Crash Bandicoot, Chris Knife 007, Dan T, Dana Woodrow, Danny Vega, Dario Omen, Dave L, Dave McGee, Dave Thompson, David Ray, David Schnatterer, Derek Jane, Desert Tortoise, Divalk, Du Howe, Dominic S. Thompson, Doug Dorn, Dylan, Eric Canard, Evan Refuse, Francisco Sabidi, Fraser Burns, Freddie Bovenkirk, Gary C, Geek Life Radio, Grant Robertson, Grimpy, Henri SJA, Flash, James Anderson, James Clark, Jared, Jason Adams, Jason Cortez, Jay Clutch, Jeff Johnson from Game on GNT, Jeffrey Mathis, Jer Bear, Jesse Clark, Joe Buck, Joe Gillespie, Joe Mack, John Doskis, John Quack, Jordan, Josh Morgan, Josh from the Press Start to Join podcast, Kate Roberts, Casey Rarick, Keegs, Kelly, Kevin Chincholo, Kevin Dunlin, Kevin Hufford, CryptoVox, Kyle Paul, Lane Orr, Leon Nabskog, Les Winan, Luca, Lu- Luis Oliva, Mackenzie Wheeler, Mad Shibs, Makeshift Money, Mark Jones, Mark Carls, Mark McHugh, Mark 209, Martin Greenwood, Matt Brown, Matt McLean, Matthew Davis, Michael Mathis, Michael Hay, Mike Malawaney, Miklos Blackshaw, Miles from BringBackRetro.com, Morgan, MPG in Buffalo, Mr. Satan, Mr. Impressive, Mr. Nick, Wolverine Films, Nathan Combs, Nathan Tremblay, Nathan W., Nevrop, Nick Sills, No One Cares, Pat Duddy, Parzival, PB McFadden, Pat Pie Messiah, Potato Bob Guy, Raging Demon, Retro Ghosty Ghost, Rex, Robert Fuchsia, Robert L., Rome 21, Ryan Bayshore, Ryan Kinchin, Ryan Yeager, Scott Brooks, Scott V., Sean Clifford, Sean Razine, Sharonic, Silver Grunion, Slick Rick, Starl Probin, Stu Stupid Monkeys, Super Mary Ho, that one kid, Nick, the giraffe, the T word. They call me Badger, Thomas D. Reynolds, Tim L., Tim Riel, Todd, Tom, Tony Cherichetti, Travis, Trevor Hillier, Tyler, very cool dude, Vincent L., Vladstein. 
Whiteboro, Wyman Brooks, X Water, Yamcha, and Zane Donovan. Thank you all so, so much for supporting the show, and I'll talk to you all again soon. Cheers. Thank <laughs> you.